Hello, and welcome back to Wellness Digest for episode two of our podcast. Today, uh, the name of our episode is The Food System from Farm to Fork. And Liv and I actually just went to a farm to table dinner last night, so this topic is pretty relevant. Um, do you want to tell the listeners what you got last night at the restaurant? Yes, what did we get? First of all, we got many things. Where did we go yeah, to eat? What's it called? It's called Hestia, it's in Austin, Texas. Um, it's a, I think a relatively new restaurant, um, but they do like open flame cooking, which is also mm, really cool. Like we amazing. could see the chefs the whole time we were sitting down. Um, it, so first of all, the service was like 10 out of 10. Yeah. And, yeah. We got scallops that were in beef tallow and garlic, which I've never had a better scallop in my life. Yeah. And they were served in like little seashells. Yeah. I felt like I was broth. at the ocean. It was really <laughs> cute. Um, and then a Wagyu beef. It was like on puffed seaweed puffed nori is that what it's I'm not even sure how you describe yeah, it yeah it, it, everything was just so good there were edible flowers on everything it yes was just, like, and then beautiful. we both got halibut and it was with like a corn it was a corn and like um purple hold peas or something oh, like that wow. <laughs> yes, it was extremely good um and felt amazing to eat because we knew that it was coming from a somewhat local farm yeah so um Anyway, a quick recap of my educational background um, and why I started studying agriculture and the food system. Um, I've come to find that right now there's just a huge disconnect in kind of what we're taught. Um, We're being fed by the food industry, which pays no attention to health, and we're healed by the health industry, which pays no attention to food. Retweet. (laughs) And... um, But they both should really be part of one coherent system because food has the power to heal our bodies in many ways, more than just physically. Um, And plants need nutrients too, just like we do. So they can't provide us with adequate nutrition if we aren't giving them proper nutrition through the soil. So it's really one big cycle. um, But for some reason, we like to completely separate the two. So in this episode, we are going to kind of be talking about... um, the connection between nutrition and agriculture and how food gets from the farm to your fork. So I first kind of noticed this disconnect when I was studying food science as an undergrad. Um, And for those of you who are unfamiliar, food science basically encompasses like everything that happens to food after it's been harvested from the farm. So that includes things like food safety, so like preventing foodborne illnesses, um, food packaging, food processing, so like adding in preservatives, color additives, flavor additives, like how to make a food product more shelf stable, like all of the really chemistry heavy stuff, which I loved chemistry, but I just wasn't like super passionate about it. I always felt myself like asking questions like, okay, but like where did the food actually come from? Where did it originate from? Who grew it? How was it grown? Like just all those questions that weren't being answered in food science, I started to look into myself and I got more interested in agriculture. And um, I started doing some volunteering with the WSU Organic Farm and I just loved it. Um, And it it was just cool to like be outside with food and um, learn more about where it came from and um, how it was grown. And so that's kind of when I had that like light bulb moment of like, okay, this is really what I'm passionate about and what I want to keep learning about. So that's kind of when I made that shift in my education was like my senior year of college. Um, And I decided to pursue a minor in agricultural food systems and 
absolutely loved it and that's kind of why I decided to stick with it um, for my master's program. Um, another thing that I am really passionate about is um, educating young children on where their food comes from and I think that it knowing this kind of stuff should be something that is taught at a really young age like in elementary school which Absolutely. is why um, my research focuses on school gardening but I read this one study that just like completely blew my mind um, where they basically had I think it was fourth graders either third or fourth but pretty young um, they had them dissect a fast food cheeseburger and they asked them to um, to state like where each part of the cheeseburger came from. So they basically like took it apart. So they had it bro- broken down into like bun, patty, tomato, lettuce, pickle, cheese, whatever. And then they asked the kids to tell them where did this bun come from? Is it a plant or an animal? First, they think they asked this, is it a plant or an animal? Mm-hmm. And then um, and then they asked um, like, well, where did that where was that animal found like they, yeah. they tried to see like what do kids know about food and um, what connections can they make to agriculture and um it was like really sad to see that a lot of the kids first of all didn't know the difference even between plant and animal like especially i think the bun was the most confusing for them which i could kind of see yeah um but some of them were really confused on that, didn't know uh, which part was animal, which was plant. And then when they were asked, like, for example, where did this tomato come from? A lot of them just simply said the grocery store. Yeah, like nothing before it. Yeah, like they were just like, oh, the grocery store. And then they were like, okay, but what about, well, how did the grocery store get it? And then the mm-hmm. kids were like, uh, I don't know. It just was at the grocery store. That's where I get tomatoes from. So you know, it was just really interesting to me to to see that they don't even know um that a tomato grew on a vine or that a beef patty came from a cow um and then that cow was raised on a farm so it's just like that disconnect there i Mm -hmm. feel like it's so important to fix that because otherwise how do you expect children to grow up and then make informed decisions as consumers if they are not informed yeah um so yeah that was something that really stood out to me and kind of got me thinking about the importance of all this yeah and I think that also just shows the lack of not only agriculture education but nutrition education health education Mm -hmm. the the greater things that we need to understand in life are not being taught at a younger age so how can we expect any of the younger generations to make informed decisions to know how to live a healthier lifestyle if we are literally not teaching them anything yeah you can't be you can't be an advocate for yourself if you don't know any better than yeah than those circumstances so yeah 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 i feel like this is also very good for me to learn because although i do have the nutritional background still the food system um isn't as greatly taught in that so I'm excited to totally learn from you girly (laughs) but I guess my first question that I feel like I honestly don't have a great definition of is what is the food system yeah so um that includes the entire journey of food from the farm to our bodies so this means growing the food harvesting the food processing packaging transporting distributing trading buying like literally everything then preparing eating it disposing of it like it's so many steps it's it's such a holistic process like from the time that it's planted Mm -hmm. the seed is planted into the ground until the time that you either eat it or it gets thrown away um there's this one video that I was shown in the class that like really described it well for me it's called the life of a strawberry and it's like um basically just shows the 
the land on the farm being prepared for planting. So there's like all the things that the farmers have to do to even just get the land ready to plant mm-hmm. the seeds. And then they plant and then the strawberries grow and it shows like all the things that have to be done, like fertilizer that has to be applied, water, all the things that a strawberry needs to grow. And then it shows the strawberry being picked. And then even after picking, like, it seems like, okay, the strawberry's picked, like, now you get to eat it, but nope, there are so many other steps, and that was what was, like, just really eye-opening to me. Um, The strawberries then got shipped to, like, a facility where they were packaged into those little, like, you know, clamshell things the strawberries Mm -hmm. come in, Um, and then they're, like, stored for a while under certain conditions, and then they're transported to the distributor, who actually brings the strawberries to the grocery store. And then someone buys them at the store, you take them home, you wash them, and then you put them in your fridge. And in this Life of the Strawberry video, um, it actually ends with like, the family eats like a couple of the strawberries and then they just keep getting pushed back and back to the back of the fridge. And then they get moldy and then the family ends up throwing them away. And so they don't even eat the fresh strawberries that they bought. And it just kind of shows like how much work goes into getting food onto your table and how we've kind of lost an appreciation for just our food um and we just like don't we, we're not really taught about like how food gets to you in the first place so it's hard to have an appreciation for something that you don't even really know exists if that makes sense yeah and i feel like we only um understand the buying preparing eating and then like maybe the disposing mm-hmm. part of it and yeah like you said how can you have appreciation for your food if you don't realize everything that goes into it yeah and how many people had you know a part in that process right yeah no there was like the farmer people who work at the distribution facilities like so many people handled that food before it even got to you all of those people you know have jobs in that area so it's just like it's way bigger than just um than just you throwing away old strawberries so I just thought that video was like really eye-opening but um, what that really kind of means is that every action taken during the journey of food from farm to your fork has the ability to either positively or negatively impact your health and well-being as well as the health and well-being of the planet yeah yeah I think that kind of plays off of what we were saying in the last episode that like every bite that you take everything Mm -hmm. you put into your body has the ability to create health or disease and sickness and that is Mm -hmm the same with this you have the choice you got a lot of choice (laughs) you have more choice than you think vote with your fork (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah so it it really is kind of easy though to fall into like a mindless state of routine when it comes to purchasing and eating food I feel like we're so used to just walking into the grocery store getting what we need and going home or ordering at a restaurant whatever it may be yeah. And we just aren't really forced to think about where our food actually came from or how it got to us. Yeah, so why do you think that is a problem that we aren't forced to think about those things? Yeah, so the food system is a huge part of our society for the obvious reason that everyone needs to eat. Mm-hmm. But it also has huge influences on our health, like I said, the planet's health and the economy. So I was kind of trying to think of examples of like like real life examples of how the food system is so important and I thought about kind of like during COVID-19 I think it was an eye-opener for me and to a lot of us about just how quickly the rug can be ripped from right under us like remember when the grocery store shelves were completely empty and people were like freaking out yeah and it was literally all of the (laughs) inside aisles processed foods yep yeah yeah and everyone started panic buying because we weren't used to food being inaccessible Mm -hmm. we're used to being able to go to the grocery store whenever we want and food's there never never having to actually question yeah um the access of our food and then more recently 
There were also those cyber attacks on big U.S. beef suppliers, which wiped out a lot of commercial beef. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just from the pandemic and then also, like, the gas shortages, chain restaurants like Starbucks still have signs up yeah. that they're out of a lot of products. And so those are all just kind of prime examples of food system consolidation and what can happen when something that we rely on for survival is in the hands of just a few large entities. Yeah, and so do you think that this whole kind of food being wiped out is going to force bigger corporations or different people to buy from smarter sources? I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. But I think that it is moving in that direction. I feel like the local food movement is growing pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Um, there's like so many cool companies out there that are doing things to get people access to local food because I feel like that's also the hard part. Um, not everyone has access to fresh local produce. Um, and there's companies like Imperfect Foods, mm-hmm. Misfit Market, that are doing more of like the subscription thing where you can... Yeah. Um, purchase fresh produce and that doesn't all the only issue is that is not always like from a local farm yeah what about csa Um, yeah csas are a really big one that's one of the best ways actually to um start to shop more locally um if you don't have like a farmer's market near you Mm -hmm. um you can subscribe to a csa which a csa stands for community supported agriculture Mm. um so basically what that is is you have a farmer near you who agrees to give you a share of their produce every month um and it usually can sometimes it can be shipped to you sometimes you have to go to the farm and pick it up but um there's a couple farms here in austin that do them and um it's really cool because you get what's in season so it's like whatever they just picked that month um, is what you get in your box and so it also introduces a like wide variety of Mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables into your diet that you might not normally eat yeah which is kind of cool so it's something new every month which is what I like about it yeah they have a lot in Seattle as well I got one recently and I didn't even know half of the vegetables that were in there Mm -hmm. so even if you're somebody who eats vegetables a lot there can be very interesting cool things to experiment with yeah I just think we need more direct connection with our food sources Mm -hmm. and the people who grow our food and the land that it's grown on in order to have stronger and more resilient communities for when things like a pandemic happen or um, just have healthier people in general. Um, That's really how food security is achieved when um, we have a closer tight-knit community and are more connected to our food. Yeah, yeah, I hear you definitely on that connection part, but what does connection with food really mean to you? So I think that it all boils down to human design by nature. Um, If you think about it, our ancestors had such close connections with nature and with food crops. They literally handpicked everything themselves, Mm -hmm. hunters, gatherers, that kind of thing. Yeah. And today we are so far from that. So I think part of it is is just that it's in our natural instinct to have connections with nature, with land, with food. Um, And we just don't get that today uh, in our society. And so... We're missing that, first of all. Um, And then I think we also rush through preparing and eating our meals. Um, Definitely. We don't really ask questions about where our food comes from. My mom always says that, like, it should take you just as long to, like, eat your food as it did to cook it. Like, Mm -hmm. you should spend a long time preparing your meal and then spend a while eating it and enjoying it with family. 
and that kind of thing. And I think we're just taught to just rush through like eating. Now. Yeah. I think we have completely lost all of our appreciation and time we take for food. Like if you think about it, most people are definitely eating on the go, getting fast mm-hmm. food. Like dinner is like a hassle for people to make because you get yeah. home late from work. You don't want to take all this time to cook a meal. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which I get, but it, I think it goes back to that appreciation thing because the more time you spend with it and the more like investment you have in it the more appreciation you have for eating it Mm -hmm. and if you do have access to farmers markets local things and are able to get and afford that Mm -hmm. we should be having so much more appreciation for that because Mm -hmm. that is not common and it is not everywhere that we have access to those type of things yeah for sure and then also just because food is necessary for our survival um it's actually our most intimate and powerful connection to each other to our cultures and to the earth people bond and make memories over food families have traditions related to Mm -hmm. food so caring about the food system and wanting reform within it is a huge step toward healing our bodies our minds and our environment in my opinion yeah (laughs) definitely um so yeah knowing where your food comes from really bridges the gap between farm and fork um because now that we've kind of talked about it a little bit, there's so many steps involved in the food system. So we're really putting a lot of trust in farmers, chefs, corporations, etc., to have our best interest in mind and to put human health and safety first. So the less we think about it and ask important questions, the further removed we become from the food cycle and the less accountability there is over those people who have yeah control over what we eat and i think we are our obviously best advocate Mm -hmm, and honestly our only advocate and so not asking questions not knowing where things are coming from and trusting big corporations um to make our decisions for us Mm -hmm. is not the smartest and we (laughs) should take a lot more responsibility in just knowing where your food comes from even if that doesn't mean you're going to take action items and maybe you know it's from not the greatest place at least you know and you kind of dove Mm. a little bit deeper to understand yeah where that's coming from yeah so as far as like action items go and how to start increasing your connection with food um the first thing is to just challenge yourself to think about your food's origin and ask yourself questions about the things you're buying um do your research on food companies and farms read the labels, question what they mean. We're going to do an episode later on on how to interpret food labels, but um, the first thing that you can do is just spend a little bit more time at the grocery store, Mm. like paying attention to what you're putting in your cart and where it came from. And can you give an example of like, let's say you're going to the grocery store, how would somebody, what questions would they ask? Like, how would you kind of go about that process? Yeah, so unfortunately, it's not as easy as it should be to determine the origin of your food from the grocery store um to be honest with you the only way to be 100 percent sure where your food came from and how it was grown is to either have your own garden or buy it directly from a farmer which is obviously not a viable option for everyone and even myself like i do probably 75 percent of my grocery shopping at just like a regular old grocery store so a helpful tip for that is to buy what's in season and this typically refers to produce but the reason i say that is because grocery stores will typically partner with um, local farms to purchase what's in season because if that local farm is growing the fruit or vegetable in season you know they need it eaten right away they're harvesting it right away um, so it can't travel super far distances before it will spoil so those farms need grocery stores to buy what's in season from them 
So typically if you're eating what's in season, then you're probably eating somewhat locally. Because if you think about it, like let's say for example, it's winter time here in the US, but it's summer in another country. If you go to the grocery store during the winter time, you're still gonna see cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers, summer squash, and those are all summer uh, crops. And the reason why we're still able to get summer crops in the wintertime is because we import them from other countries where it's summertime. So um, if you eat seasonally, you can kind of increase the chances that the produce that you're buying is probably from a more local farm. And we talked about this in the last episode as well, but we're going back to staying along the outer borders of the store. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a good first step to take because like we said in the last episode, there, that means that there's one ingredient. It's one apple. It's one avocado. It's easier to trace an apple or an avocado than it is to trace a list of 20 ingredients that are in mm-hmm. processed foods. So there's that. Um, another thing that you can do is when you're shopping for produce, um, you can actually look at the barcode. Those little the little numbers above the barcode will tell you um, if the food is organic or conventional. So if the number starts with it's a five digit number and it starts with nine, that means that it is organic produce. And if it's a four digit number, then that is conventional. And I think the four digit numbers will start with a three or four. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for organic produce, then you're gonna want to look for the one that starts with um, a nine and that will tell you um right there because sometimes grocery stores don't have yeah. um signs that distinguish between sometimes i get confused and i'm like am i in the organic section am i not um so yeah that's another thing that you can do is look on the barcode and while we're kind of on that can you explain what organic versus conventional means oh yeah oh my gosh we can have a whole other episode I know, I know. on this <laughs> and we probably will um But basically, organic um, means that the food was grown without the use of prohibited substances. So for animal products, so um, meat, poultry, eggs, dairy, um, certified organic means that those animals were not given any antibiotics or growth hormones. And then for produce, so your fruits and vegetables, um, organic means that they were produced without using most conventional pesticides, um, synthetic fertilizers, sewage sludge is another one that is applied to conventional produce that's not allowed in organic, um, as well as um, radiation and also bioengineered products. So those are your GMOs. It basically just means that organic practices avoid um, using chemicals that are like known to be harmful to our bodies and um, to the soils and so organic is like a good first step to take because um it's not a perfect it's not a perfect law but it is a good way to just start removing some toxins from from what you eat every day yeah and so how would you say maybe shifting and buying more organic is supporting a better food system so you by by buying organic food you are pretty much voting with your dollar and saying that I I support these practices and I want more of them is yeah. kind of how I see it. Because the more that people buy organic produce, the cheaper it's going to become. Mm-hmm. It's like basic supply and demand concept. Yeah. Um, so when whenever you buy opt for organic produce over conventional, mm-hmm. you are um, demanding more of it. And 
hopefully as more people start to buy organic, um, the farmers will have more incentive to start selling organic produce um, because it's in higher demand. I know right now a big issue is that a lot of farmers don't want to switch to organic Uh because it does take a long time. I believe it's like three years before you can have the certification and actually start selling your produce and prove that you're organic. So for a lot of farmers, it doesn't make sense for them to get the certification and wait three years to basically start making a profit, which is totally understandable. But the solution there is that we need more consumers who are wanting that kind of thing in order for farmers to feel like they yeah it's worth it for them to do it yeah and farmers can still be doing organic practices just not be certified right they can yes but it wouldn't I guess it wouldn't really benefit them much to yeah to be doing I'm that, just thinking about like at the farmer's market you know there's some people who aren't necessarily certified organic mm-hmm. but still have good farming practices yeah so that's another good point that's why it's always important I think to if you can go find a farm or a farmer's market near you and shop there um because then you can actually have a conversation with the person who's selling it to mm-hmm. you and ask them about their farm and what they do on the farm, how they grow it, or even just get the farm name and look it up yourself. Because yeah. a lot of like farmers on their websites will talk about what their um, growing philosophy is and um, kind of what certain practices that they use. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a good way to kind of tell exactly how your food is being grown. Um, and... For me, it's just a really cool feeling to know that something I'm eating was literally grown right down the road for me yeah. and um, that I got to talk to the person who grew it. Um, and on that note, I, I want to say it's okay to start small and like Definitely. just get a few things at first. Like I am not going to sit here and tell you that organic is just as affordable as conventional food because it's not. Yeah. Um, I know that it's more expensive and there is a price markup on it. So it's okay to start small and... One of, like a piece of advice that I got from um, a farmer that I had a conversation with was he advises people to just start using 10% of their food budget on organic Mm. or regenerative foods, which we'll talk about what regenerative means later on as well. Um, But uh, let's say you spend a hundred bucks on food. Yeah. Every time you go to the grocery store, you typically spend a hundred bucks. So that means set aside $10 Mm -hmm. of that to purchase organic produce or set aside $10 of that to use at the farmer's market or whatever um and just start really small and then start to slowly increase you know the amount that you spend um Mm -hmm. on it until you feel comfortable and have budgeted enough to be able to you know shop more frequently yeah in that way yeah that's a very good idea I've never thought about that but just starting small and then building up if you can or even if not you're still supporting better practices yeah absolutely um another fun way to increase your connection with food is to go to a farm to table restaurant near you which is something that we did and we like to do frequently um and really quickly like what farm to table really means um it's kind of, I mean, it means what it says, but it's just kind of that, like, the food that is being served at that restaurant. So we, we just talked about the food system and how there's so many steps between farm to fork. Yeah. But with a farm to table restaurant, those st- those steps in the middle are kind of eliminated. So the, mm-hmm. the chef at the restaurant or whoever um, purchases the ingredients directly from the farm instead of getting them from a distributor. So your food at a farm to table restaurant is going to be more fresh. Um it had to travel a shorter distance to get to to get to you and um 
and then you can feel good knowing that you're supporting a local farm near you and it might be like for in texas for example um the one we went to last night like it might not be a farm that's based in austin but in texas at least you know you're supporting um farms in your state yeah yeah definitely And then um, the last action item is to try growing something really simple at home. Mm -hmm. Um, I love gardening and... I will say though, when I first started, it was extremely intimidating. Yeah, like, I'm still not very good. I like <laughs> killed my Swiss chard like two days. In, yeah, sadly. to know that you, um, to know that you like actually ha- are responsible for like the life of something is kind of scary. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, start by growing something really simple at home. Herbs are a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Herbs are pretty easy to grow, um, even if you get them like already propagated and they're yeah. have already sprouted um and you just have to water them that's pretty cool though because you will eventually get to pick them yourself uh-huh. um, and eat them tomatoes are another really easy one yeah. what does it mean to be already propagated like instead of having to plant the seed yourself mm. and grow it from the seed like you buy it at the store where it's already the gotcha. seed has already sprouted gotcha it. um so yeah that's another thing that you can do um and you can start little container gardens there's also like um so many cool like home gardening invention things out there right now like have you seen those like towers those white yeah that like feed the water through them themselves Uh those look especially if you don't have like land to grow things on or you live Mm -hmm. in the city or or you're in an apartment or something and you just have all you have is your balcony yeah yeah i when i was doing apartment living that's what i did i got this little containers and had some um some vegetables growing out there but um yeah that's another way that you can increase your connection with food and just start to appreciate it a little bit more yeah so what happens if we don't increase our connection with food and don't care about the food system like what are we kind of going towards oh gosh and that's a big (laughs) question but like why Uh, should people care because i'm thinking of like just someone average it's like so much easier to be naive not understand where your food mm, is coming from get cheap food and not worry about your health because that's just the easier route so why should we take all of these extra steps yeah well um i think that it's just super important to take accountability for things that impact your quality of life Mm -hmm. i i think that it you're right it's very easy to get removed from the subject and just like it's easier to not think about it but if you care about your health, um, if you want to have good nutrition, if you want to live in a healthy community where you know that the people who are growing your food are earning a living wage yeah. and they have good working conditions and that kind of thing, then you should care about where your food's coming from and the practices that are being used to grow it. Um, so there's there's just a lot that goes into it. It's about you know human rights. It's about nutrition. It's about good mental health um yeah there's so many things that the food system can impact um and we'll dive deep into a lot of uh, those other things later but um i think that it can be important for a lot of reasons yeah definitely and i think that was a great first introduction to the food system and i'm going to be learning alongside everybody and excited to dive deeper into this topic yay well thank you guys for listening we will see you next time